Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Takedown, a Jackrabbit Illustrated podcast focused on South Dakota State Wrestling. I'm Chad Myros and I'm joined by my co-host Steve Christensen. Today on the pod we interview head wrestling coach Damian Hahn. Enjoy! Damian, how you doing today? Doing all right. The weather's beautiful outside. Uh, it's uh, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. Uh, <laughs> all the days pretty much just blur together. Uh, got two little ones, so they they keep us on our toes, and uh, it's been the hardest on them uh, trying to keep them busy. You know that you know even even their schooling has been online and uh, trying to get them you know keep them motivated heck they think it's been summer for the last month and uh it's like no school so yeah it's been uh it's been tricky but uh we're 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 staying the course and you know we're doing all right everybody's doing all right yeah that was one of the first things i wanted to make sure uh you know um now tomorrow's a big day kind of isn't it yeah you got the jackrabbit uh, athletic student scholarship auction going on yep yep it's uh this is this is one of the the big events for uh Jackrabbit Athletics. It's also uh this year in particular it's going to help uh feeding South Dakota and a lot of high needs uh scholarships on campus. So um with the current climate uh you know it was it was kind of we were in a situation where we weren't sure if if we were going to put the event on uh, but from our administration and their, that's their standpoint, um, <clears throat> if it was an opportunity to bring people together uh, virtually and try and try and have some enjoyment, I guess you could say, in, in the time that we're in. And, you know, this 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 event, um, this will be my third year being a part of it. And each year uh, this goes to fund some of those athletic athletic uh, scholarships and and in one night's time I was blown away one night's time I mean they've raised over a million dollars and uh, it, it's it's significant in what we are trying to do uh, as a university uh, an athletics department what we're trying to build and, and this year like I said before uh, we're going to do uh, give, uh, you know feeding South Dakota and, and some of the other high needs uh, scholarships that uh, uh, our university puts out so um, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, you know, I am not a, a, a tech, tech guy per se. And so, I mean, just getting on, on zoom and trying to figure this out has been uh, a little bit of a challenge, but it's something we're working with and, and, uh, I'm hoping it goes off great and we get to connect, connect with some of our alumni, some of our donors and, and, uh, just to see how they're doing and, and really just keep, keep moving this ball, you know, keep moving them all down the road. Well, we appreciate you taking some time as a non-tech guy to figure this Zoom thing out. <laughs> it's much better right. if we can see your face and we don't walk all over each other. But uh, can I clarify one thing with you? I had heard this is true for all the donations uh, coming in are being matched two to one. Is that correct? Is that so? If I donate to a wrestling scholarship, say I donate a hundred bucks, does that mean you guys get three? Yeah, so uh, basically we have a, a silent a silent donor who's been a part of this for a number of years, and he's given a two to one on uh, every dollar that's brought in. So uh, it's significant; it really is, and it shows you 
uh, uh, the support, right? It shows you the support for South Dakota State uh, Athletics. Um, you know, something that a lot of people don't know. Uh, a lot of people <clears throat> sometimes just think, "Hey, man, money grows on trees," right? No, it's not not the case. And uh, when you have when you have um, influential uh, um, supporters, you do um, the possibilities really are uh, you know could be endless. So yeah, two to one match, and for every dollar that's brought in. Yeah, that, that is a great deal. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that all the listeners out there get out there and donate to that wrestling scholarship portion of it so we can we can definitely build this program. But, Coach, let's talk about the current situation. Uh, is there any chance they have a Are they done? Or, you know, I uh, Coach Dardane's called the other day, and I missed his call, but he left me a little bit of a voicemail. Um, and he just said that Zach, some paperwork had been put in for Zach. Is that is that true? So, uh, as far as um, like from a whole winter sports, uh, they're not getting another opportunity. Uh, they, the NCAA, kind of looks at it and says, "Hey, look, they they competed their entire." season per se and uh okay so they missed the ncaa championship it's a bummer but you know they're not going to give a year back just for that <clears throat> now spring sports is a little bit different uh they missed their entire season now in in in, in a couple of our guys cases um you know we we're trying we're trying to uh get a sixth year uh for a couple guys <clears throat> and how to go about getting that uh you, you got to go back and look at their career and uh zach zach kind of has a little interesting uh situation he uh he was injured uh, a couple times throughout his career and one of the one of the seasons um one of the criteria is uh you have to compete less than 30 percent of your uh your scheduled matches and he competed i believe it was like 24 percent and he had two surgeries in that year so uh, he had a uh, season-ending uh, surgery that um, <clears throat> took him out. Now, the tricky part is some of the rules uh, state that, or one of the rules that states, it has to be first semester, right? Um, if you compete in the second semester, that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't count. Um, you know, he doesn't meet all the criteria. So he did compete one time second semester, but he still falls under that 30%. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple cases, you know, uh, one in particular, Boo Llewellyn of Oklahoma State, uh, last year, he, he competed uh, first semester, second semester, and, you know, he got injured, he had to have surgery, and so he did get that year back. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as clear cut as a Boo Llewellyn situation, but um, we are submitting paperwork for him. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some answer back. Uh, we have a process we got to go through to get a medical and uh, you know, with the right documentation and, and, you know, some of uh, the physicians, you know, the orthopedic surgeon puts, you know, the, all the, all the paperwork together, our, our compliance trainers uh, we're hoping for the best. Um, but it, it's kind of one of those situations, you know, expect the worst, hope for the best. <clears throat> uh, that's kind of where we're at. Um, would it be, 
nothing short of amazing if uh, we can get that kid back for another year. Hell, I would love to get all our guys back, you know, our seniors at graduating uh, for another year. But um, if we can, I mean, th th that's, a, that's a nice win uh, for us, and, and we can continue to build um, what we're trying to build here. Uh, you know, and Zach's been instrumental in that, you know, uh, coming in, you know, uh, what, two seasons ago and, uh, you know, who's, who's Zach Carlson, you know, um, he, he, he didn't really have a, uh, a great career up to that point and got in, bought into the system and, and, and made some headway that first year and, uh, was like a match or two away from, you know, qualifying for the national tournament. Uh, and then a year later, I mean, he's, he, he was ranked in some polls as the top 10 guy and, uh, just his, 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 uh, career started to take hold and, and, and really he, he made leaps and bounds and, and from an athletic standpoint, an academic standpoint, you know, leadership. I mean, it was, it was great to see. And, uh, if we can get him back for another year, that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit. We got a section called uh, Damian Hahn, the man, the myth, the legend. We're going to go into a little bit of Damian okay. Hahn questions. So, uh, so Miles is about the age when you started wrestling. That Are is you doing true. the AU thing? Are you doing it with um, them or are you going to hold on? So I started, you know, second grade, my, my son's in second grade. And, uh, I, I got into it a, a little bit of a different, different way. I guess you could say, um, my dad wasn't a wrestler, uh, a traditional wrestler. Uh, you know, he was a football player. He, 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 he wrestled, uh, two years in high school and that wasn't his thing. You know, uh, football was his, his deal, but later on in life, um, you know, he did dabble in some professional wrestling and, so <clears throat> I remember going and watching him and, and my uncle, they were tag team partners and, uh, you know, they did that and I was young and I remember going and watching. And so that's what I thought wrestling was. I didn't know anything about, you know, you know uh, amateur wrestling. So <clears throat> the time came where they were, they were handing out a flyer and uh, it was, I lived in the town of Jackson at the time and it was like a rec program. And uh, I was, pumped i was ecstatic about it and i thought uh <clears throat> i thought this was my moment this is my moment to get in the ring and uh freaking body slam somebody hit him with a chair and, and all that and so uh that's how my wrestling started now with me being in the profession that i'm in you know obviously uh my kids i don't think they've ever seen they don't know what wwe is <clears throat> you know they, they've only seen amateur wrestling and so um he's been around it. He is, uh, he, he, he'll come to practice. Um, he, he started the BWA, uh, you know, the, the little kids program. And I want, <clears throat> so every, every, every kid is different. Um, and, 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 and that's everything, right. Whether it be just personality wise in sports, you know, academics, <clears throat> every kid, every kid's different. And, and, and miles is, uh, one, he's massive, right? My wife is five ten and a half, you know, five eleven maybe. Uh, her dad's six four. Um, you know, I'm five ten, five ten and a half. Uh, so my son literally comes up to almost my shoulders, and he is eight years old. And we have a scale here, and uh, he jumps on it the other day, and he comes out and uh, he says, "Mom." Uh, it, it said nine seven point one, 
And my, my wife's like, no, that's, that's not right. <clears throat> so we go in there and he's 97 pounds. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Now, when I started wrestling in second grade, um, I wasn't as tall as him, but I, I wrestled Bantam heavyweight. I was 100 pounds in second grade. So <clears throat> I'm sitting there like, goodness, man, I, we got a, we got a, a, a big kid on our hands. And, and <clears throat> his personality uh, was, is not like mine. Um, now, my youngest one, he has a personality like mine. You know, uh, he, he, he'll, 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 he'll hurt you before, you know, he, he'll ever lose. And where Miles, you know, he, he has more he's more in touch with his emotions in, in some regard and he, he wants everybody to be okay. And so, so I have, I have a big kid and I'm trying to introduce him to it in a way that uh, he loves it. You know, he, he, he enjoys it. And so going to practices at the BWA uh, at this point in, in their, uh, in their development, I want him to want, like, I want it to be fun and it's been fun he he likes going to practice he loves you know going through the motions and, and playing the games and and uh somewhat of the wrestling um you know but uh he's starting to he's starting to like it more and that's the one thing that for him i i i need i think um so i'm bringing him along real real slow i mean <clears throat> he knows he knows how to get in a stance. He knows how to penetrate. He knows how to do those things, but that kind of killer instinct a little bit is, is not there yet. And, uh, we asked him, you know, this year, uh, he had some of his buddies and they were going to tournaments and, uh, I said, Miles, you want to go to, you want to go to a wrestle tournament? He's like, uh, no, no, dad. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, all right, you know, that, that that's fine. Um, you know, I, I go back and look at my career and I said, I say, uh, you know, I started at second grade and again, I was a big kid and I had a little bit different uh, attitude towards it. And um, I had success right away. One, because I was big and there wasn't very many big kids, you know, my age. So literally you go to a tournament and you sit around all weekend, you go out there and headlock one guy and you win the tournament and all of a sudden, Hey, you know, everything's great. So uh, I had success right away. And that's why I liked it, and and it was on me. And uh, I think for for him, uh, bringing him along a little bit slower, <clears throat> um, I think maybe um, getting him involved with a lot. I mean, he plays, he wrestles, he uh, he's playing baseball, he loves soccer. You know, he did some tennis, <clears throat> and trying to build some of those athletic skills, I think, is going to be best for him. And uh, you know obviously you know I'm, I'm a wrestling coach so you know i kind of push him a little bit in that direction um so i i think he'll take to it it's you know i'm, I'm doing it a little bit different than than i did <clears throat> and i think uh for him i'm hoping that the love for it he enjoys that and uh and we'll build we'll build on that so it's gonna it's gonna be some time you know my little one on the other hand heck man i gotta when he goes to practice, I got to worry about him punching somebody. Like, come on, Luca! Like, you can't do that, man. And he gets mad, and so uh, he's a little bit more like me. And so, man, we'll I, wish, yeah. I, I wish I was a little meaner when I wrestled in high school because I was, <laughs> I could have been a much better wrestler, but I just didn't have that killer instinct, like you said. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, he's kind of in a, you know, I assume, um, and it's crazy because, uh, so Miles is eight and Luca is, is five. And it's like complete opposites. Miles is massive and Luca is tiny. Like he is ungodly small. Miles was a preemie. You know, he was, he was born, you know, five and a half weeks early. He was five pounds. He was this tiny little thing. Luca comes out full term, you know, almost eight pounds. And, and so, you know, when, when Miles was born, I was like, you know, obviously we got to work at this and, you know, get him, get him to where he needs to be. And then all of a sudden when he hit, when he hit his, you know, normal weight at where it was, where it was supposed to be at, at how many months old, it just was like this. And it just started like going up. And he's a picky eater. Um, he doesn't like to eat, but he's still growing. And like, it's like, it's crazy, man. Like, like he's like a damn weed and it just, he won't stop. So it's kind of fun. You know, it's fun to watch and, uh, you know, definitely fun to uh, have, have, have both of them and in, involved in, you know, my life and what I do, you know, the work that I do because, uh, um, they're surrounded by good people, right? They're surrounded by, you know, I, I, I'm biased by all means. And I think wrestling is one of the, the best, greatest sports in the world. And the lessons that it'll teach you, um, it literally, it, it builds the foundation for the rest of your life. And these guys, these little guys get to be around that and be around these, the, 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 these college kids that, you know, they, they look up to and then really it's uh it's a win-win for me, man. It really is. And uh, it, it's, it's an absolute joy um, to have them involved with what we're, we're trying to build. Yeah. Some good sound advice for some parents out there on how to bring your kids into it. So sometimes, so we're going to talk a little bit about your recruiting days when you got recruited and, let's say you got a kid that you're recruiting. He's down to two schools. Like you were down to Oklahoma state and many, how do you push him over the top to get him up to SDSU? What, what sells the kid on SDSU? Um, well, there's a number of different factors. Um, you know, let, 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 let's, let's break it down into a, uh, three categories and say, okay, you got the financial component, right? Um, is will will the school be affordable right at, at uh because you got scholarships you got academic stuff you might get federal you know federal aid and, and some assistance uh then you have the academic component that do they offer what i'm interested in and there are some places out there that don't do that you know for uh, i'll give you an example and the only reason i'm using this one because we recruit when I was at Cornell, we recruited a kid, um, that, uh, he was an ag kid and Cornell, um, you know, is big ag and, uh, it was between us and Iowa and Iowa doesn't have an ag school. So you have those kind of situations, right? Where at SCSU, you can study anything. That was one of the, one of the draws I had. In, in coming to SDSU. I mean, we can go from, you know, veterinary science to, to ag, you know, ag, agricultural to engineering to, you know, pharmacy to, you know, um, exercise science. I mean, like literally the possibilities are endless. So you have the academic side and then you have the athletic side. The athletic side in being 
can this kid, does he fit within your program? Uh, does he bring the qualities and the attributes that you're looking for? And can you build that relationship with him um, to really get him to maximize his potential, right? And I think when it comes down to a kid deciding on where he's going to go to school, um, if, all, if, if the first two criterias are met, right? The financial component's good. They, they support the major and what he wants to study. Then it comes down to the connection, the connection that you build with your recruits, right? And uh, my thing, <clears throat> my thing is uh, I want to be, and, and I tell our recruits this, and literally they hear this, you know, in, in our whole recruiting pitch that, look, me, my staff, we're never going to replace mom and dad, but you better believe we'll be the next best damn thing. And we are going to be there for you, you know, come hell or high water from the good times and the bad, right? And we are going to devote every, every ounce of energy that we have into helping you achieve your success. And uh, I think when you take a personal approach to the recruiting process, um, that makes a difference. Uh, you have a lot of people out there, a lot of coaches in every sport, <clears throat> does not matter what sport it is. And uh, you have a lot of coaches out there that, yeah, everybody's recruiting the guys on the big board, right? They're all recruiting those guys. And some guys, that's all they base their recruiting off of. Like if he's not on a, a top 100, then, you know, we don't want him. Or, you know, this kid is a, a top 10, top 20 ranked guy. Um, <clears throat> and he might have some flaws. He might, you know, be doing things extracurricular that you don't really agree with, but you know what? He's so darn good. We're taking him, right? And uh, <clears throat> I think um, when you put a little bit more time and effort into it and you get to know these kids and build these relationships with them, um, that, that usually is the deciding factor when they believe and they can trust, you know, you and what you do. Um, now, it's also good to have a track record. Um, you know, me, me wrestling at Minnesota in my time there, uh, going to Cornell and, and training and coaching there and really seeing the, the steps that we took to take a program uh, and, and really elevate it. I mean, it, it was a solid program, but elevating to literally a, a title contender and a top 10 program year in and year out. Uh, you know, there's a track record and, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I think, I think kids and, you know, the athletes that you coach, um, you know, you build this bond with them and, and, and they, they, I don't want to say they tend to believe, but they put a lot on the coach. Right. And so like, Oh, you know, they, you know, thanking them and because of you, this is what I did and all these kind of things. And I, I appreciate that immensely, but I'm only one person and, you know, we had a staff, you know, at Cornell, we had a, we have a staff here at South Dakota state and we all have our, we all have our place. We all, we all have our areas that we're, we're good at and we all put the time into each and every kid. And so when you do that, um, <clears throat> you have a, you have a student athlete that can really grow and, and maximize potential because you're investing so much time and effort, not just from one person, 
I mean, I got myself, Cam Simons, Cody Caldwell, Chris Dardanes, you know, our recruiting coordinator, Nate Roeder, our, our JWC with Zilverberg and some of these guys. Like, I mean, we all have our hands, you know, in the mix. So um, if, if, if a kid and a family uh, trust you and they believe your, your system tactics and how you approach things work, um, that, that could be the deciding factor in uh, you getting somebody over, over the next, um, you know, and, and everybody's different, man. Everybody's different. You know, you have some, some, some family, some, some, uh, some kids that, you know, they might say, hey, listen, if the dollars aren't this, we're not talking, right? You have that. You have some families that, you know, are, I don't want to say naive. I mean, like, you know, I was, I was, I'm, I'm the first, first generation of my family to go to college, to get a college degree. And let me tell you, like, my parents did, I was the first one to go through this process and they didn't know anything. And so, and so naive could be the, 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 the right word to say. And like, you know, only certain things matter to my parents um, because they felt strongly in my ability and what I could do. Uh, you know, and, and there are a lot of parents out there like that. And I'm not saying they're wrong by any means. I mean, they know their kids potential, but in the right place, that potential goes even further in the wrong place. It, it, it doesn't, it stops. And, you know, it, it's, it, the statement is true. It takes a village to raise a child. And um, when we, when these kids come off to college and they're in an environment that is not their own at that point in time, and that is the most crucial part in their development because they got to be able to, one, build that relationship with us, let their guard down to a point where the trust is there and the ability to grow. So <clears throat> that starts during that recruiting process. And uh, so I, you know, I know it was a long answer, but uh, I think, you know, those are your three, three areas that really uh, come into play uh, when trying to decide, Hey, is it, is it, is it South Dakota state or heck the university of Minnesota or, you, you know, it's, uh, are these P are the, are these coaches are these, uh, men going to look after my kid? Or are they going to look after me? Are they going to take care of me and, uh, get me to where I need to be? So, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of thought that goes, that, that really goes into these kids. And, and, and honestly, <clears throat> I think it's freaking crazy that we are at, it's getting, getting younger and younger. These kids, uh, when I was coming through, you couldn't, you couldn't take visits until, you know, your senior year. You weren't deciding until your senior year. Now these kids are taking visits. They're able to start talking to coaches the middle of June, going into their junior year. You're allowed to start taking visits their junior year. Um, and they're allowed to start making, you know, verbal commitments. And they can't sign anything until they're a senior, but they start making verbal commitments as juniors. You know it's it's across the country it's 18 years old that you're considered an adult and you can make you can make some of those decisions and we're asking these kids to make commitments when they're 16 when they're 17 <clears throat> and now you see it in every sport you see the decommitments you see the transfers you see all this because from a 
uh, one, I think, you know, you're dealing with a younger generation. You're, you're dealing with kids that um, emotions are running high. And uh, I'll be honest with you, a kid makes a commitment, you know, as a junior, it's only a verbal commitment. It doesn't really, in my, my mind, it means something. But in other people's minds, it doesn't mean anything. And uh, they keep getting recruited. So, you know, I mean, personally, I think we should be waiting until they're of age and they can, you know, make that commitment because they're signing a document, you know, on signing, mm -hmm. they're signing a, a national letter of intent that is basically, I want to, in, in some regard, binding to go to that university. And they're doing it before they're 18 years old. You know, I think it's a little crazy. We're, we're kind of, uh, you know, oxymoron i guess you could say i don't know it's uh, that age change their mind all the time don't they? right I mean, that's right and they don't even know what they want like yeah I didn't, so yeah so I, I just uh it's getting it's getting crazy um but you know it's the world we live in and we gotta we gotta kind of keep up with the joneses and and, and and keep recruiting kids and and uh it makes our life a little bit harder because even though after they make that commitment we gotta we're, we're staying on there for the next two years mm -hmm. And I, I tell, I tell my staff, you know, and we get a commitment out of this kid and it's like, Oh my God. Awesome. Absolutely. This kid's a, a, a darn stud. And they're like, he's coming. And I'm like, Whoa. I said, listen, I don't believe anything until they step foot on campus and they go to their first class. That's when I know they're coming because up until that point, it, it literally, I mean, anything can happen because whether he changes his mind or he's he's being recruited still, it's uh, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West in some regard. You know, Chad, we interviewed. Uh, remember, we interviewed Cade and Jeremiah DeVos. Yep. yep. This coaching staff hit every button with those guys. Yeah. They they didn't have enough. They couldn't say enough good things about yeah, they, how prepared you guys were, Damian. It, it was just crazy. Awesome. That's awesome. And. Yeah. And, 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 and like speaking of that and, uh, you know, Cade and Jeremiah and, uh, you know, the whole DeVos family, uh, today, uh, you know, we had a couple of recruiting Zoom calls today and, uh, you know, earlier in the week and um, our, our, our jobs, um, when, when you're dealing with re recruits and families, it's like, I want to leave no stone unturned. You know, I want to make sure you have every bit of information and so you can make the, the, the best educated decision possible for you. Um, and we cover every spectrum. We cover the, the, the financial aid component. We admissions, we can cover, we cover uh, academics. We, we cover our, our support staff through academics or athletics. We talk about our administration. We talk about every single component that there is to talk about. And because it's more, it's more than just sports, right? Uh, and the other thing I tell, I tell parents, and <clears throat> I, I'm not ashamed to say this, I went to college to wrestle, man. I mean, academics, that was like fifth, sixth on my, on my priority list, right? Uh, and and th that's the truth because I love my parents to death. <clears throat> love them to death and I think they did a, a, a good job in, in raising me and, and teaching me right from wrong and all that kind of stuff but they didn't push the academic side it was athletics 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 and you you get these kids and you try to get them to understand that listen nobody 
nobody should go to college just to play athletics. You go to college to get an education, and athletics is the vehicle that gets you there. Now, my time at Minnesota, you know, I ended up getting, you know, my education degree, and I was going to go into teaching. And then, you know, that changed, and I got into coaching. And I guess it's along the same lines. And then I went to Cornell, and I dealt with a, a totally different monster, right? You know what I mean? A, 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 an academic institution. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, you dealt with these kids that um, my first my, 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 my first year or two there, I uh, I felt out of place. I'm not going to lie. These kids were a hell of a lot smarter than I was. And I had a college degree. And these guys were freshmen. And so I, I really had to kind of get my stuff together in some regard and, and really pay attention and listen and listen and educate myself. And so then I, I really understood the value, the value of an education, the value of uh, a degree and the opportunities that it, it comes with. And so now, I mean, you could talk to any recruit, any recruit that, that comes into SCSU and how much stress and emphasis we put on the academics. I mean, you don't do that. You ain't wrestling, man. That's just the bottom line. And it, 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 it's, it's twofold because, I mean, I'm not just doing this, uh, you, you know, for, uh, uh, to, you know, win championships or, you know, win dual meets or, you know, anything like that. I mean, yeah, that's part of it, but these guys leave here. These guys are going to leave South Dakota state and go out to society. And I want to make sure we're putting good people in the world because these kids are direct, direct representatives and reflections of, of, of who we are. And so I want to make sure we do a good job uh, of educating and mentoring and coaching these kids, not only in the sport, but, you know, through, through academics and life that uh, we put good products out in the world. And with that being said in, 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 you know, 10, 15, 20 years, when we're trying to put an expansion on, uh, you know, the, the new wrestling facility, I can be like, Hey, Cade, listen, you are killing it in the far, in the pharmacy far, pharmacy industry, you doctor. Um, I need uh, I'm going to need about a million dollars, pal, to put on the second floor of uh, that wrestling facility that you spent, you know, four years, three years in. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, there 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 is a, a you know method to our madness, uh, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure we put good people, good people out in the world, and uh, they're representing not only. SCSU wrestling, but the rest of the re representing SCSU athletics and the university in a positive, positive way. Definitely a no surprises approach you take, huh? So am I muted? Can you hear me? I'm sorry. No, we can hear you. Uh, you got so I know you were talking about some of your goals and, and as you age, I know our goals change a little bit in the past you talked about how you want to become an Olympic gold medalist and Obviously, at one point, a national championship was a goal. What would you say that – what would be your current equivalent goal in life? Like, and if you accomplish that goal, where would you rank that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, my ultimate yeah, – so, <clears throat> wow, that, that's – all right. So, everybody has goals, um, and I don't believe – we ever reach all our goals. You know, it's, uh, there's always something, right. There's always something that, uh, that, that keeps us driving, uh, forward and we're constantly learning. So 
the second we feel <clears throat> or I feel that, hey, man, I've done it all. Um, well, you know, I'm going to get passed by by somebody. Um, you know, I, I got to constantly learn and, and, and really keep pushing um, towards those goals. And so for me, the ultimate goal was, uh, you know, just to bring back a little memory here uh, or a time. It was 1988. <clears throat> and I'm in my, my parents' bedroom. They had an old Sony TV. Uh, you know, in the corner of the room. And I remember watching the 1988 Olympics and John Smith and John Smith won his first gold medal. And uh, I remember, you know, saying to my parents, I said, uh, that's going to be me someday. And so, you know, that's my ultimate goal. And uh, did I reach that goal? No, I did not. The best I ever did. I was, I was the Olympic alternate in 08 uh, and I never got the opportunity. Um, so I never reached that goal. And you, you know, it, it, it I think about it all the time. There's a little bit of resentment there that, uh, you know, I love watching the Olympics. Uh, it, 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 it does, I don't want to say get emotional, um, but it, it does bother me when I watch, when I watch it, I'm happy for our, our, uh, our wrestlers and our athletes representing the United States. Uh, but it bothers me because you know, that, that was, I, I was, I wanted to do that. And, and, and I, I had a shot at doing it. I just, it never happened. So, um, <clears throat> for me, uh, the day that I decided to retire, I guess you can say, um, after the trials, um, my focus shifted and I dove headfirst all in into coaching and, um, being at it now for what, 14, 14 years, you know, you know, coaching wise, um, I, uh, I, 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 I think back and I, I think of, uh, some of the accomplishments that I've, I've had, you know, throughout my career, you know, from high school to college to international and, uh, you know, being, doing what I'm doing now, <clears throat> I, I live a life of service. I mean, that's what, that's what I do. I live a life of service and I, and, and, and some coaches might say this, um, and you know, you, you you might believe them. You might not. Uh, I hope, uh, you, you, you can believe me or, or understand. Uh, I would give back everything that I've ever did in any sport in the sport of wrestling for my guys to have success because nobody cares right now about who the heck Damian Hahn is and what he did. Like, seriously, well, I mean, th that that's irrelevant. What matters right now is our guys, our guys, the future of South Dakota State and what they are going to do. And so if there's anything, I mean, that, that I can do to help them along their journey to reach their goals, oh, my God, I, I, I guess I'm a giver. And uh, I, I, the, the look on their face, uh, the emotions that they go through is, uh, it, 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 there's nothing like it. You know, one of the, <clears throat> one of the, the, the hardest moments for me and, you know, I, I know my athletes, you know, they struggle when uh, difficult situations arise or, or, you know, you take, you know, not, not having an NCAA tournament this year, or, um, you know, they take a loss or, you know, something like that. One, one, one of the, one of the hardest moments in my coaching career was <clears throat> 2000, 
what, 2017, Gabe Dean loses in the NCAA finals. And, uh, you know, he, he's on, on, on road to becoming, you know, a three-time national champion. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he's got Bo Nickel in the finals and he ends up losing and, uh, he comes off the mat and, you know, I give him a hug and we go into the back and, and, uh, you know, he's sitting there and I mean, he's, he's in tears and, and he's upset and, and I'm upset for him. Um, and, I grab him, I, I pick him up and I hug him and like literally he's in tears and he apologizes. He apologizes to me. He says, coach, I'm sorry. I go, what the hell are you sorry for? He's like, cause I couldn't win it for you. And those moments, holy goodness. Like, you know, some of the impact that you have on, on some of these guys. So I would give it all back, give it all back in a heartbeat just to see my guys have success and build those relationships with them because, you know, relationships matter, relationships matter. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's how we're going to build what we're trying to do here. And, and that's connecting with our athletes. And, uh, you know, so I guess that's my ultimate goal is, is, is to build those relationships with each and every one of our guys. And uh, will it happen? probably like my 1988, you know, saying I'm going to be an Olympic champ, probably won't, but I'm going to keep working at it, right? I'm going to keep working at it because their enjoyment is my enjoyment, you know, and their, their failures is my failure. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting way uh, or interesting goal of mine, but uh, that's, that's the truth. You know, you talked about Kate, the boss and, and Jeremiah and, um, you know, that kid has some, some, some high, high aspirations. And uh, if um, it, throughout this process, if, if we can't, um, you know, reach those goals, um, you know, I failed, you know, I mean, I mean, like, I, 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 if he doesn't reach those goals, I didn't reach mine. And, and so I, I take it not only me, but that's why I have the staff that I have because they have the same compassion, the same mindset and uh, uh, they feel the same way. So, I mean, we need to do what we can uh, to help these kids. And, I, I, you know, that, 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 that's the goal of mine. What would you say so far has been your biggest achievement in your career? In coaching? In coaching, yeah, in your career as a coach. Uh, you know, um, wow, that's I, – I, I've had some, I've had some uh, pretty good moments, uh, you know, and, and sitting in – sitting in the national finals, uh, you know, with, with multiple, multiple, uh, you know, wrestlers, um, coaching national champions. Uh, you know, I would say, um, at this, at this point as a coach, um, one of the coolest moments, um, that, uh, I've had, and, you know, being at Cornell and, you know, we took second in the country, we took second in the country and, uh, we had an opportunity to win it. We didn't, um, but we put together an amazing group of, uh, of young men that went out there and they battled and they did it for each other. So I would say that's kind of one of my biggest, you know, uh, I guess, achievements as a coach, um, you know, and then, you know, you talk about, you talk about here and being at South Dakota State and, you know, you got little milestones and, 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 you know, throughout, throughout your coaching career. And, uh, I don't, uh, you know, going from year one to year two, pretty big, pretty big adjustments there. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I, I think everybody would say there was a lot of success. Yeah. Uh, and or improvement anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of improvement. Um, but that being said, I, I guess I guess success is all relative. How do you how do you really quantify or you know judge that? Um, what would have been good for us, I think, this year if we were able to cap it off, you know, with a couple All Americans, you know, uh, that would have been amazing. That would have been a great great year. Um, and I thought, I truly thought we had some kids that were going to make it on the podium, you know, this year. I did, and uh, you know didn't get that opportunity, uh, you know, physically, um, you know, they did get recognized as all Americans, you know, the first time, you know, something's ever, that's ever been done, you know, well, I think it's the first time the NCAA tournament has been canceled. Uh, so they did get recognized for their body of work and they were all Americans, but, uh, it would have been nice to see them and, and go through it with them, you know, physically and, and emotionally and get to that, get to that moment. So, um, you know, we're still, we're still building and we're not, we're not, we're not anywhere even close to where we want to be. Um, you know, this year was nice. Uh, you know, I don't want to downplay it like, Oh yeah, no big deal. But you know, it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice improvement, but we got to build off that and we got to keep it going. That's, that's, that's the goal. So we're going to throw in kind of a more fun one here, but, uh, Nate maybe re made a reference to white lightning. What, what's that all about? <laughs> Nate, please. Uh, <laughs> maybe I threw him under the bus. Yeah. I, that wasn't my plan. Uh, so, all right. So that came, that came, came about, we were, we were wrestling in the room and I, I, I think I was wrestling with like Tanner, Tanner Sloan or something. And I, I had success as a, as a, a wrestler because I could do some things that, you know, usually big guys can't do, I guess you could say. Um, and let me just be clear. The best athletes in the country are not wrestling. They're playing football and basketball. Like those are your best athletes. I mean, you look at some of those big guys and they're on the football field and they're having success. And, you know, I mean, they're not in the wrestling room. So maybe my, my pool was, cut in half so I looked like I was pretty athletic I guess <clears throat> uh so I was pretty fast right for for a 97 pounder and then when I was wrestling you know nine, uh, 96 kilos uh 211 I was pretty fast and you know I was explosive so I was wrestling with like Tanner Tanner Sloan and, and Tanner is um Tanner's got some special gifts, you know, he, uh, uh, his ability to do some of the things that he does is, is, is good. And, uh, he's strong. He's got good positioning. Um, <clears throat> so we were wrestling and I think I took a shot on Tanner and like literally he sprawled and I was like already behind him and I, you know, I got a takedown and I think I made a joke. I was like, yeah, I just hit you with some white lightning right there. And, uh, he, um, uh, he laughed. And then all of a sudden I was busting Tanner's chops about, um, you know, Tanner, when he came in, he would hit single leg, single leg, single leg. And I, I was making fun of him. I was like, dude, you can't hit a double. You're too slow. And then he started, you know, hitting some doubles and he started doing it in matches and he's taking guys down. And so then he coined the name, you know, white lightning. He calls himself that. So it's kind of an ongoing joke in our room. And, uh, thanks Nate for bringing that up. Uh, we, we try to have a little bit of fun, um, you know, wrestling and, and just sports in general are, uh, grueling and uh, not fun a lot of the time. So we try to bring some enjoyment 
uh, you know, to practice and, and, and keep these guys kind of lighthearted a little bit. Uh, because, yeah, man, it, it's tough. It's tough going through what they go through. A lot of work for just a few minutes. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, definitely. And let's talk about the Kale Sanderson match a bit. How much separation was there in that one point? Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. So <clears throat> I think um, – what was the score was like four three or or something like that um yeah Yeah. i i it it was a all right to his defense um it was a preseason tournament um i'm a i'm a i'm a true freshman you know he's a national champion um you know we wrestle the rules were a little bit different back then uh they were in these open tournaments i almost certain it was a six minute match maybe or I'm not sure if the, the, the time was right or, or you know, seven minutes. I, I can't remember that part. But with the rules that are in place now, I mean, you could pretty much wrestle out of bounds and, you know, have a pinky in and, and score a takedown. Right. <clears throat> well, there were a couple moments in that match that um, if they were in the new rules that they have today, he would have taken me down. Okay. Um, you know, we, we were out of bounds, um, but he would have got the takedown. So, um, thank God we wrestled when the rules were different. Um, so I think, uh, I, I got a takedown and it was a quick takedown and then he got an escape and then, uh, I went, or he went down, I went down and it was three to two going in, you know, the third period I got away. Uh, <clears throat> it was, I, all I remember is it was like two cats in a bag. Like literally he, he was on my legs and I'm, I'm scrambling, I'm rolling out underneath him back on his legs. He's rolling stalemate, all this. And I don't remember how much time was left, but he takes a shot and he gets in on a low ankle and uh, he's coming out the back door. If I can remember, right. He's coming out the back. And um, this whole time during the match, it was a continuation of wrestling. And I knew there wasn't a lot of time left. And instead of doing what I did the entire match was just keep wrestling, scramble, you know, look for opportunity. Uh, I was like, you know, I'm just going to hold on and ride this one out. Well, instead of uh, me giving Kale his first and probably only loss in college, he gave me my first loss in college. So, uh, <laughs> It, it 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 worked out in his favor um he uh he's good man i mean there's a reason why he's undefeated and a four-time national champ and yep. after that match um you know obviously a lot of people a lot of people were like oh you know you know Han could be the guy you know to to take out kale sanderson well guess what people i never got to wrestle him again uh that was my one and only time we were in the same bracket a couple a couple times in a couple tournaments. And maybe I was looking too far ahead or, you know, really focusing on, you know, all right, listen, when I wrestle Kale, this is what I got to do. Well, I lost before him and uh, before ever getting to him. So I never got the opportunity to wrestle him again. Uh, I would have loved, loved the opportunity, but, you know, it just wasn't in the cards. And, uh you know, he's, he's one of the, the greatest of our sport. And um, I had an opportunity to wrestle, wrestle, wrestle him one time. And uh, it was fun from my recollection. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it, it uh, he came away with the win, and it, it was close, you know, on score. And uh, but he definitely, uh, I mean, he won, man. Bottom line, had to feel good about that as a freshman, though. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, it, it it was nice because it kind of gave me a little little reassurance of where I was, you know, um, you know, how, how the transitioning was going from high school to college. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was good. It was good. And like I said before, that is the hardest, like parents, parents don't, I think parent whether they don't understand or, or they, uh, forget, um, the hardest, the hardest thing in, in, in your student athletes, you know, journey in this is the transition from high school to college it's super hard man like you know you got kids that take to it like water and then you got kids that struggle and it takes them a year two years three or four years to to really really adjust um for one reason or another and um that helped me a little bit you know that helped me because when i got to minnesota i mean my red shirt year I go to Minnesota and now you had guys training still, you know, uh, that were trying to make world Olympic teams. And so my workout partners were freaking sick. I had, you know, the two time national champ, Tim Hartung. I had, you know, Chad Kraft, the first four time all American. I had Brandon Eggum, who was a, you know, two time all American or three time all American and a world silver medalist. You know I mean? I had workout partners for days and Marty Morgan, who was my main partner, who was a national champion. And so I got my, butt kicked i mean like it, it I, I dreaded going into practice because i was like please can i just try and get one takedown today and 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 i literally got my my crap beat out of me so um you know going through that and then you know having and then wrestling a guy like kale and and and, and showing like oh wow okay like I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making some, making, you know, some, some progress. And so that was nice, you know, that was nice. And a little reassurance of, you know, what we're going through, uh, you know, is working. So that, that first year you made it the NCAA tournament, obviously, and you wrestled eight matches in the tournament. How does that happen? What were some of the highlights that you had during that time? That's a funny one. Uh, <laughs> So, I don't remember what I was seeded. It one, two, three, four, maybe fifth seed, fifth seed in the top bracket. Yeah. So I think I was fifth seed. And again, um, I'm like, all right, here's my opportunity. I got Kale Sanderson in the semifinals. Um, the night before the tournament, I'm sitting down. Me and Leroy Vega, <clears throat> Leroy Vega, our 25 pounder, we were roommates, and we're and Vega was an All American as a freshman. Um, we're sitting there the night before we're just talking and, uh, I go, I go, Leroy, how many matches could you, could you have at the NCAA tournament? I mean, like, really? He's like, if you lose first round, you'll have eight matches. And I'm like, I ain't losing the first round. Guess what? I lost first round. <laughs> um, and that stunk, that stunk. So I lost first round and I had to wrestle all the way back <laughs> Ended up taking fifth place. The the one enjoyment out of um, out of actually losing first round, if there's ever enjoyment out of losing, uh, you know, I I I took second in the state my freshman year um, to a guy uh, who wrestled for high school. It was Absagami, and uh, his name was Sean Scannell. 
and uh, he was a senior and I was a freshman. <clears throat> so I lost to him in the state finals, a one point match. And um, he graduates, never got another opportunity to wrestle him again. Well, he goes on and wrestles at Ryder University. And um, his junior year, he was an All-American. Well, at the NCAA tournament, I lose first round. He gets upset first round. We're wrestling the next round on the backside. He's a senior. I'm a freshman again. And so four years later, never had, or five years later, never had an opportunity. Now I got my opportunity. And uh, I end up beating him. I end up beating him. And then I start my, my long trek to come back. And uh, that was probably um, one of the, the more gratifying, uh, um, you know, matches in that, in that tournament. And then uh, obviously the all American round, because we were in a, we were in a race, a race with Iowa and it was in Carver Hawkeye arena. And we uh, in a race with Iowa Carver Hawkeye arena and go to the NCAA tournament and literally you have sections that are all, you know, one, one school. And it doesn't matter what NCAA tournament you go to, uh, Iowa has a massive section. <clears throat> well, we're, I remember wrestling like the corner and it was right in front of their main section, Iowa section. And I am wrestling Jesmyn Smith of Iowa in the All-American round. I win this, I'm an All-American. And we're in a race with these guys. And uh, I end up winning. I think I wrestled them, I don't know, half a dozen times that year. And um, I win the match and it was right in front of their Iowa section. And you could, my section's on the far side and Minnesota fans are going crazy. And you could hear a pin drop in that far corner because it was right in front of Iowa. And I just remember winning and, you know, Jay and, and looking into the Iowa section and be like, yeah, we got it. You know, it, it was just, it was one of those moments that, uh, it, 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 it was nice, you know, for me, but nice for, you know, Jay Robinson and, and what he built and, and, you know, leaving Iowa and coming to Minnesota and, and, and one of those uh, moments where, all right, we still, we, we still got work to do the next day, but we are, we are moving along. And that match, that match gave us 10 All-Americans because we had, I think, six or seven, six or seven in the semifinals. We had three, yeah, three in the backside, I believe, and I was the last one, and uh, I won that match, and we we had ten All Americans, and so that was uh, that was pretty special. So keeping in that same vein, and I I know you talked about this a little bit with the Kale match, but in your first national championship match, you got the last score with a takedown. Would you say that's a takedown today, for sure, or? I would say, okay. Do you get those points if it's at the NDSU duel this year? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even remember. You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. But. I don't even remember who that official was. Uh, but, I mean, he wouldn't even call a pin. And then we got flat on his back. So, um, so the rules have changed. And they keep, they, keep, they keep evolving. They keep changing every year. And – Honestly, I, I kind of scratch my head at some of them, and I'm like, why are we addressing some of these rules and not others, right? And I don't know who comes up with, hey, let's look at this one. Um, but uh, 
if that was the NCAs this year, I don't believe it would have been a takedown. If it was last year, yes, it would have been a takedown. Um, because they now are, and it's all subjective. Uh, they're, they're, they're giving reaction time more now than they were last year, you know, um, year before. I mean, so in, in reaction time, that's kind of subjective. Like, like, you know, you, you see some of these and you see some of these calls and, uh, you know, you'll see one ref, boom, two points and right, right away. And then you'll see another ref that gives it like two, three seconds and they won't call it. So it's hard. I listen, I tell, I tell officials all the time, listen, I don't want your job. You don't want mine. You know, it, it is what it is. And we're just gonna, you know, try and coexist. And so, um, don't be mad when I get on you for making crappy calls. Um, and I hope you don't, you know, penalize me too hard when I speak my mind because, you know, it, it, it were, it, if I didn't do that, then I, I wouldn't, it looks like I don't care. Right. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm invested into this. You know, I, 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 uh, I have a lot going, you know, going on in there. So, um, this year would have been close in years past. Yeah, it would have, it, it, it was, uh, it was a takedown. And at one point it would have been a takedown even before they awarded it when, uh, so the, the old rule was if you get behind somebody and they stand up, if they, if like, so now they give that reaction time. If you go behind them and they stand up, there's no takedown. Uh, that was this year, <clears throat> last year and prior years, if you get behind them and they stand up and they had their hands on the mat and they come up, their hand was on the mat, that's a takedown. So they would have gave it before we even went down and went out of bounds. Um, so now my, my senior year, they switched the rules and they went to uh, what the rules are now. Um, they basically said, you just have to wrestle inside the cylinder. And you could literally have a pinky toe in. <clears throat> and I remember it was in my NCAA finals match where I, I was winning, I think by a point or two, and I get on the leg and um, I was going for the last takedown. And I remember I was like literally the line, I had both my feet, feet were in and I had his ankle and I'm pulling him back in and I was losing it. And I go, wait a second, I can go out of bounds. So I step out of bounds, far enough out of bounds to get a re-grip, and I was able to pull him back in to get the takedown. So, um, you know, literally in one year's time, the rule changed, and then I was able to uh, do a little bit more than, uh, you know, the year before. So, yeah, it would have been a takedown. You want to walk me through that last sequence? You you went to get that takedown there? <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I got I was on the ankle. And, you know, he was hopping out of bounds and uh, I'm literally sitting here trying to pull him back in. And so I had to step out of bounds, keep my one foot in, stepped out of bounds, my one foot stays in. And that, that, that let me bend my arms a little bit to get to a better position to really, you know, get a pull on it. And I was able to get that, uh, get him in enough to be able to, you know, hop on that other leg to get that last takedown. So, uh, yeah, it worked out. You see SDSU as your last stop? Um, I, 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 I hope so. Right. Um, I really do. I mean, there's no, uh, I, I am i I'm a homebody. I really am. Um, people, people were always, you know, all right. 
So let, let's go back here. Let's go back to Minnesota. I never thought I was leaving Minnesota. I tried to convince my family, to my mom, my dad, my sisters to move to Minnesota. I was like, you know, I don't want to leave. Um, <clears throat> then my dad, my, my dad had health issues. And, uh, you know, he, uh, through my young adulthood, <clears throat> he dealt with some things and uh, he ended up passing away. Um, and when I was 20, what, 25 years old, um, after I graduated. And, um, so it was, I tried to convince my mom to come out to Minnesota. Um, you know, I have two younger sisters and I tried to convince them to come. They were on board. My mom, no, uh, my mom is born and raised in New Jersey. I've been trying to get her everywhere I've been, uh, you know, to Minnesota, to Ithaca, New York, to, you know, Brookings, South Dakota. Um, but my mom is born and raised in New Jersey and, and she works her tail off and uh, it's the only life she knows. And I, I try to, I try to explain to her, Hey, listen, you know, things could be better, right? Uh, things could be better. And, and let me, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest in my family. I'm the only boy. And uh, I feel an obligation to take care of my mom, you know, and, mm -hmm. and she's, uh, you know, me and my dad had a phenomenal relationship, but my mom has been, um, you know, there isn't one thing that my mom doesn't know about me, you know, and uh, she's, she's been, you know, one of my best friends. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm at a point in my life and, uh, you know, we, we had, she has got grand grandkids and uh, they love her. And I, if I had it my way, um, you know, I have a house here, you know, that has a spare bedroom and a bathroom downstairs. My mom would be living here and she could work here, but uh, she's very set in her ways and that won't happen. So, <clears throat> um, so when the opportunity, uh, you know, came about and uh, going back to New Jersey after my dad passed, uh, Rob Cole reached out and he offered me a, a position and he said, you know, you can come here and train and, uh, you know, coach. And remember when I left Minnesota and I, uh, I told, I told Jay and my coaches and, uh, my, my, my teammates and I was like, guys, uh, breaks my heart, but I, I I'm, I'm going to go take a coaching job and, and train. And they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, I'm going to go to Cornell. And they're like, Cornell, where's that? And uh, I said, uh, it's it's in New York. And they're like, dude, you're moving to the city? He's like, you can't move to the city. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, this is in the middle of nowhere. It's in upstate New York, uh, a town of 30,000 people. And you're surrounded by dairy farms and, and state parks. So... <clears throat> Go to, go, to, go to New York and, uh, you know, was there 12 years and, uh, you know, we had a plan in place and, um, you know, my wife was, uh, uh, she worked for the university, um, you know, she worked in alumni affairs and development and, uh, um, you know, she had a great job and, you know, we, we laid down roots and uh, uh, our kids are going to school and, and we were in, we were, we were all in. And uh, I didn't think we were leaving. Uh, I thought I was gonna wait Rob out and you know hopefully get the job after <laughs> him. And then um, you know this opportunity presented itself. And I I, I always I always wanted 
um, hopefully, you know, to get back to the Midwest for a number of different reasons, right? You know, some of my best friends are still in Minnesota. They've never left. And, we, you know, it would be great to get back here and see them more and, and connect. Uh, and more importantly, my wife is from Minnesota. Um, I, and, 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 you know, there's truth to all humor. And um, I remember, <clears throat> I remember, uh, they're from northern Minnesota, um, in between Duluth and uh, Grand Rapids. And um, they're from a small town, uh, 400 people, Pengilly, and they live on uh, Swan Lake, uh, you know, beautiful little home. And, uh, you know, my in-laws are just the most amazing people. And I remember when I, I uh, asked, asked my father-in-law, her dad, if, uh, to marry his daughter. And I asked him, we were out sitting on, because uh, we just got off dunk fishing on the lake and we're putting the boat or we come up to clean the fish. And uh, I said, Rick, can we talk? And he's just like, yeah, sure. And, he, and he's a big guy. He's, he's six foot. <laughs> so uh, he turns and sits down. And uh, I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my life. And, you know, I told him how much I cared about his daughter. And, uh, you know, I, I asked, you know, his permission. And he said, absolutely, Damien. And then he laughed and he goes, no, don't you be taking my daughter away from Minnesota. And <laughs> I was like, nope, I won't do that, Rick. I won't do that. And so uh, sure enough, I did. Uh, less than a year. Uh, didn't mean to. Uh, and, and I did. And uh, so, there, like I said, there's truth to all humor. And, you know, he was laughing when he was saying it, but I know he wasn't laughing inside. And uh, so, you know, that wasn't, that's always kind of played on me a little bit. And uh, this was an opportunity to get back, not only for, for me personally, but for my wife and uh, her family and her friends. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to expect coming out here to South Dakota. And, you know, everybody's heard it before, but I've never set foot in the state of South Dakota until I came and looked at this job. I didn't know what to expect. And, and then getting here and seeing it and, um, really putting the, the, the correlations together of, you know, South Dakota, South Dakota State and uh, Cornell, they were so similar, very similar with everything, the, the, the size of the university to the majors that it offers to the, uh, the mission, uh, uh, you know, the grant institutions, and like there were so many similarities. And then, uh, you know, you walk around, you see the facilities right? You see, you see, uh, you know, the football, the basketball, the S Jack and all that. And you're just like, holy goodness, this is South Dakota state, man. Like I was blown away. I, cause again, I knew it was in the plains and, and I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know what I was you know, thinking. And, uh, I come out and it blew me away. And, um, and the ability to build a wrestling facility, um, that was huge. It was huge because I know what that facility did for Cornell. When they built that facility, it forever changed the landscape um, for Cornell. And that facility for us is going to do the exact same thing. And uh, being able to do that was uh, a huge, a huge uh, decision, you know, decision maker in, in, in this in this choice. Um, so. Um, like I said, I'm a homebody. I, I, everybody was waiting, you know, why isn't Damien taking a job, you know, at Cornell? Why isn't he, you know, uh, why isn't he, you know, going here or going there? And I had opportunities, but I never, I never really pursued it, um, you know, because I was happy, right? I mean, I, I'm a simple guy, man. You know, if I'm happy, my, my, if my, my wife's happy, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm golden. And, uh, you know, if my family's happy, it's even, you know, it's even better. So 
um, you know, if I'm happy and, and, uh, and, you know, they're happy and you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to move my family. I mean, like, like I said, we're, we're, we're involved here. We're involved with the community, you know, we're getting more every day and, uh, the people here are great. And I mean, I like it. I'm, I love the outdoors and, uh, was able, I'm able to, I've have been able to build relationships, uh, within the community here and the wrestling community in particular that, uh, we have a lot of friends that have like interests. And, uh, so it, it really meets, it really meets a lot of our needs and, uh, and it, it, it's, it, it's exciting. You know, it is, we, we enjoy it. It's, it's different. Um, you know, for people that know, know about Brookings and most of the people that are going to be listening to this do know about Brookings, but, um, it's a, it's a community, right? I mean, it's not just a town. I mean, it's a community and everybody, everybody's involved. And so for my kids, for me, before we left Cornell, uh, I was looking at, we wanted to buy land. <clears throat> buy land and build and be out on our own and you know and just and you know be outside of town and 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 I would have been happy with that because I like to hunt and I like my privacy uh so you me moving here you could have put me 10 minutes away 10 miles away and uh, on a piece of property and I would you know with a house and I would have been happy uh but I got little ones and and uh so we live in town uh we live on a, in a great neighborhood I come home, my kids are riding their bikes up and down the, the street and I go into, I open my garage door and there's a kid in my garage already trying to pull a football out and I don't even know who that kid is. And then you go inside and it's like, who are you? They're getting something out of my fridge. So, um, so, so for, my, for my kids, it's absolutely awesome. They love it. Uh, you know, with this social distancing, it's been really, really hard. Uh, you know, so literally I, we're out back, we got a trampoline and the next door neighbors are squirting a hose over the, the fence and we're squirting hoses over the fence. And so I mean, my, my kids are living their best and uh, that's important. That's it. That's really important for me. And, uh, so yeah, we're happy. And I, uh, I hope I do. I mean, I, you know, we get this facility built. We get all the things that we need in place, and uh, it's like, why would you leave uh, a good thing? And um, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at uh, <clears throat> one thing that Rob, Rob Cole, uh, the last coach at my my boss, uh, coach at Cornell, he's been there what thirty years, and he, he I remember him telling me that uh, he literally was looking every year for the a new job, a new job, a new job, and this was before you know, Cornell really started to take form and really take off. <clears throat> and uh, he said it got to a point where he realized and he was speaking to a, you know, a, a group of alumni and he's, you know, it just kind of, it kind of rolled off the tongue and, and he said, you know, it's stuck. And I, it made me realize. And he goes, he, he said, he said, he said, don't do a good job in hopes of a better job, do a better job to make your job great. And yeah right i mean we can do we, we can do all the things we want at a place like south dakota state i believe we can take this program to newer heights i believe we can have all americans and national champions year in and year out i believe we can contend for trophies and titles and i i, I believe that and um, I, I i know that my staff they're on board with it they, they they know we can do it and uh we have a system in place that's going to help us get there so we just need to get we just need to take care of some other things that uh um you know that that kind of 
I don't want to say need to be taken care of, but you know, with the facility, we got to get this facility going and uh, you know, we've been fundraising our tail off. Uh, you know, we've been uh, getting all the pieces together, you know, blueprints and architectural drawings and, and all that uh, to be able to go to the board. And, you know, once, once, uh, once that starts to, you know, when we get that shovel in that ground, then uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people will be relieved, right? Relieved and uh, almost, it's almost, you know, it's like the, it's like when, when they rushed the, the, you know, the Midwest and they came out and they threw their stake in the ground. Like, that's what it is. That's what we're doing here. We're putting a stake down and uh, uh, it, it, we're, we're building, we're building on this thing. And we're going to take this program. And do fights. Yeah. Well, the best thing that's going to come out of tonight right now, Chad, we have determined that coaches stay in here forever. I know. I'm so. I know he saw me smiling. <laughs> I see you. I see you. No, I, 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 I knew. Uh, I mean, it's not the first time, you know, I get asked the question. And, uh, you know, but it, I, I try to be as honest and as transparent as possible. Um, you know, it's like, it's like recruiting in some, in some way. I, I'm recruiting kids that have been with families but until they, i get them they're usually like 17 18 years old so how do you make up 18 years worth you better be honest you better be transparent and and, and you got to build that relationship right you got to have trust so for me um i'm an open book man i'll tell you i'll tell you what's on my mind i'll tell you you know why I do the things that I do um, because I need trust. I need trust and transparency uh, to build this program as fast and as, as, uh, uh, as best we can. And um, you know, I want to, I, I want to build something that is, is sustainable. Um, you know, same thing with my, my, my staff. We want to build something that's sustainable. That is not just a, hey, one-time deal and boom, we did it and then we drop off. No, that's not what this is about. This is about, you know, sustainability and, and coming back year in and year out and not, not rebuilding, reloading, you know, from the prior year. That's what this is about. And uh, it, it, there's only one way to do it, and that's to put everything you can into it. And, uh, you got, if you got, you know, one eye over your shoulder every single time looking for the next best thing, it's like, you're never fully bought in. And, uh, I don't like living like that, man. I don't, you know, that's why I think we had so much success at, at Cornell because we weren't leaving. We weren't staying. I mean, we were staying and, uh, we wanted to build for the future. And, uh, that's what we intend to do here, man. I, you know, South Dakota state is a place that can do something special it really is and it, it, it uh it's a special place that's just the bottom line you just finished listening to part one of our two-part episode with coach damian Hahn. we decided to split this into two more digestible bites for you to enjoy at your leisure we hope to see you in part two where we pick up where we left off. Thanks.